Hello and welcome back to the Rope Axis and Climbing Podcast. I'm your host, Mikey Stevenson, and today I'm going to be joined with a special guest, Migma G. Sherpa from the first winter ascent of K2. If this is your first time here, please make sure to subscribe and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. So stay tuned. Step into your harness and get ready for a podcast about the vertical world. Kick it off. Hello, and thank you, everyone, for joining us uh, on this new episode. I am Leo Neyman. I am with Everest 2021. This year, I'm going to be embarking on an expedition to uh, climb Mount Everest in Nepal to support research on heart disease. Today, we're joined here with Mingma Ji Sherpa, one of the 10 climbers who made it to the summit of K2 the second highest mountain in the world for the first time in winter. On January 16, 2021, at 4.43 p.m., Maji and his team of nine other Sherpas became the first team to make it to the summit of K2 in winter and made history. Absolutely remarkable accomplishment. Thank you everyone for joining us today and just want to dive into some introductions please for those who still don't know who you are uh, Mingmaji tell us who you are so my name is Mingmaji and I'm from Nepal and I was born in like at the altitude of 4200 meters in Rolwaling Valley which is in the um, northeastern part of Nepal so after my after I flee after I finished my schooling, uh, I started um, working as a climbing Sherpa uh, in mountain field, mountain field since 2006. And my first mountain was on to Manus, Mount Manasulu, which is 8,000 meters. So I started directly from 8,000 meters. And after that, <clears throat> I continued. And in 2007, I got the chance to join the team on Everest. And I met the Everest Summit. On 19th of May 2007, that was my first summit in my life, and that was directly to the Everest. Everest was my first summit, and after that, <clears throat> I continued until now. I've I have climbed like um, 13 8,000 meter peak, different 13 8,000. There are like 14 8,000, and I have finished the 13. Uh, now I remain one Shisha Bama, which I'm planning go to, planning to go next year because still till now we are not confirmed. If the Chinese government, they're going to open it for autumn season. So we are not compound and I'm planning it for next year. And <clears throat> besides that, uh, I have done one solo climb in Nepal. Uh, there was like the only one solo climb done till now. Nobody was from Nepal who did solo before. So I, I did solo climb. And, and I did several for session. And... Now this year we, we summit K2 and I have the record um, up climbing 8,000 meter, most 8,000 meter peak from Nepal with or without oxygen. With or without yeah. oxygen or is that is that the most with oxygen or without oxygen? Uh, the most 8,000 meter without oxygen, without. that's in my name. Okay, Yeah. nice. 
Well, that is quite the resume, I have to say. Um, that is amazing. So we'll kind of dive into a couple of introductions to kind of give you an idea who we are. Um, myself, I am Mikey Stevenson. Um, I am an access specialist. I'm a rope access uh, instructor, supervisor. Um, I've trained all over Canada. I've competed all over um, all over the world um, for the Petzl Rope Trip. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Um, as well, I have a podcast in which, you know, we're working with uh, Everest 2021 here um, and, you know, trying to gr- uh, bring, you know, education to people uh, in the mountaineering industries as well, the rope access industries. So that's kind of my background. Okay. And I'm Michael Von Klitzing. Uh, I'm working with Leo as a videographer. So I'm taking a lot of the behind the scenes videos, uh, his training videos, uh, drone videos as well. So going into the mountains and taking some drone videos. Um, so yeah, I've been working with Leo now for the past about six, seven months. Like I said, uh, I've, I've known, I've known Minma for a, for a while yet now. And, um, it was, it was been, it's been, it's been an honor to have you today in, uh, within us and telling us the stories of, uh, who Minmaji is? I myself, I'm a mountaineer, and I and I am about to embark to climb Mount Everest. So if you if you're thinking you you are probably going to go to Mount Everest this season, we'll probably see again uh, person to person, face to face in Mount Everest. Sure, 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 sure. Um, so my question, uh, first question out here is, um, how long have you been? Um, been climbing now you did mention 2006 is that when you started climbing or is that yeah, when you kind of started, that's when I started uh, right yeah. yeah yeah that's when i started okay and what did you did do prior to mountaineering um where you kind of you did mention a little bit but you want to dive in a little bit more no i i, I was um in my school and okay. after i finished this after i finished the schooling i just went and joined the mountaineering Awesome. Sounds good. So it's kind of just like a natural path uh, there for you to kind of pursue mountaineering then. Yeah, it, actually it was something like this. Um, my father's and like my my father's and my family's, my father, my uncles, they work as a, they used to work as a climbing Sherpa mm-hmm. and climbing guide. Yeah. And I always had the interest uh, to see that job. So how 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 because when when we were very small when in in our childhood we used to get lots of stories to hear from our parents like from my uncle from my father's yeah and after that I, I I had like kind of interest to see and work in the modern field just for a while once just it was just just a uh, enthusiasm. And after that, when, when I first joined Mount Manasulu, I felt like this job is awesome. I, I could I could travel different places. Yeah, there, the there were like we were always we were we were always with the team, enjoying enjoying the days. There used to be like uh, above the base camp, we meet. We had to work hard, and there there was there were the time that um, were very hard. But uh, after we descend back from base, from like back to base camp, then we we get free time, like yeah. every every day, like playing cards, uh, joking, dancing. So it was quite, quite like a uh, very fun. <laughs> and yeah. 
Base yeah, camp looks like a great time. Yeah, I, I feel like time, this, yeah, this is a great party. job. Yeah, <laughs> it is a great a job, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People wish to be in your, uh, in your shoes, that's for sure. Um, excellent. Um, yeah, I had a question. Um, so for someone who hasn't climbed K2, and especially in the wintertime, when you uh, summited K2, describe it in, in five words. What was it like? Uh, yeah. <laughs> this, this, uh, this was historical. And this summit, the uh, the summit we met this year, it was like more emotional because when we reached to the summit, we we had our national anthem on the on the top of tier two. Yeah. And this this was um, <clears throat> uh, like a um, lesson lesson of the unity because when my team and Nimstar team we, we two teams we joined. Then after that, it was the work was so easy. We we just we just finished K2 just in four days from base camp. We we did our <clears throat> we did we did hard job there, but uh, when we united, we were facing so so many like difficulties. But we, we we didn't we didn't feel like we should give up. We always had the energy to move forward. Nima, and, I... I, I want to interrupt you there. I'm sorry. I want I, I, because I have a quite specific question on that point. I was at 4 a.m. in my bed looking for the updates and looking at the time that you guys would summit, and it was taking you a little bit longer to summit. And it was, it was when when somebody said one of you guys made the decision and said something like we are all going to summit at the same time. There is nobody going at the first or second. You guys decided to go all at the same time. Whose decision? Who made the decision to do that? It's something like this. When we, when my team and Nimstar team, when we joined the forces, then there was like conclusion that uh, we should go to summit together. Because- Who said that? Who was the first one to say that? Yeah, that was, that was Nims, 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 uh, Nirmal Purja, Nimstar. His, okay. his idea was that, yeah. And since this, and, and yeah, since this this exhibition was for the nations, uh, for the nations and for the climber of Nepal, after that we decided to uh, to sing a song, mm -hmm. the uh, national anthem. Yeah. That yeah. that was another another very very uh, like a good idea, which connected all the Nepalese people. This time, I think. I'm sorry. Can you sing that song for us? It's a bit long. It's almost like a... <laughs> just sing a little piece. Just sing a little piece. <laughs> like something like Sayotunga Pulkahami Yote Mala Nepali. Some some this this goes like this, but it's a bit long. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> well, I, love, I love I love that you guys I love what you guys did. I love that the uh the the trophy that that trophy K2 belongs to to uh to the Nepali people. Uh, I love that uh, here, like I, I just like myself, I think my, my two friends agree with me. Uh, there is no one, there is no one for me, uh, I believe that built, that deserves more that, that title to be the first ones in K2 in winter than, than you guys. Uh, I, I was <laughs> obviously, obviously we love everyone that climbs the mountains and there were other expeditions going on, but I was so, so happy to see that the Sherpas were 
going to make it. I'm, and I knew it. I knew it. You guys were going to make it. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That uh, whoever had the thought as well of the uh, the 3D camera and, you know, shooting that as you're singing your, uh, I believe it was the national anthem as well, is kind of up that, com coming up that ridge. Um, whoever thought of that was just kudos to you. That was absolutely amazing watching that footage um, all the way back home and here in Canada. It was just, it was remarkable, a remarkable achievement. So well done. Mm. I, I do have yeah. a question, Emma. Um, did you find K2 more challenging than other mountains you have ever climbed before? And if so, what made it more challenging? Why K2 is more challenging than any other mountains? If you find it K2 more challenging, what made it more challenging? I think climbing K2 is is one of the biggest tasks like even like climbing in winter was one of the biggest mission i have i had in my life and besides that if i compare k2 with other 8000 meters then i feel like onnabun is more difficult than k2 but uh k2 the thing on k2 is that uh it's like uh more steep is steepy and there comes lots of rockfall mm. and it's more climbing on on the rocky shift, rocky sections mm -hmm. yeah that 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 made it difficult but uh, if we compare with uh, other 8000 meter like annapurna the the snow condition annapurna it's awful so it keeps on snowing on annapurna and like there's there's it doesn't need like big wind it doesn't need big storm if there's like very less wind it, it's it's just cover cover hold all the base camps with the snow like it's it's cover all, all the track we 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 climb up and when we come down or like after after like an hour or after two hours it's it's the same again we need yeah. to break break the trial again so Annapurna is i think for me Annapurna is more more difficult than k2 mm -hmm. and you know you know the uh, Rick's blood, the dead, dead weight on Annapurna is more than K2. If see, like uh, on Annapurna, on, on like uh, just, uh, I'm not sure now, but uh, just a few, a few years ago, it was like 36% of chances of death. And yeah. on K2, it is, it is 24. So it is a huge difference. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and on K2, the risk, only the risky part is uh, above the bottleneck. There's there's hanging Sarak, but uh, it's 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 pretty safe. It it's not sure that when it falls, it is pretty safe. But above the bottle bottleneck, uh, there's one like uh, almost like ten meter traverse. After that, we need to climb up straight up. Like in summer, it's fully covered with the deep snow, and there is very there's like a very high chances to get avalanche easily. Right. When you when you are experienced. You know how to how to how to open the routes, and until now, like lots of lots lots of when like the summit in summer, uh, when the experienced climber they open the routes, then only the other the amateur amateur climbers like the like the not not so experienced climbers goes. Like in 2008, 2008 I think same case same case was happened in two thousand eight. 
when they when they opened the roots, they they took more troubles, which 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 made the base of the snow um, very fragile. So so when they travels more, because there's no base, so the so the snow snow came down this in the form of avalanche. So more people died there, I think. So on Keto, only the riskiest risky part is on the summit day. It's just it's just like uh, 150 meters more, 100, 150 meters. One that is the only risk. Then remaining, I think other other part of the Keto is okay. It's not it's it's technical, but um, not that much technical because when you go for rock climbing or ice climbing, you get trained there. And mm -hmm. when you are climbing on Keto, you you don't feel like that that difficult. Gotcha. Yep. And another another thing, just just the problem of falling rocks. It's it's like uh, it's Rocky Mountain, like below almost like below Camp Three. We need to climb more on the rock. Right. And there are lots lots of places with lots of loose rocks. And like when we, we use yeah when we when we use the jumaran or ropes, we use we just sometimes we just we just shake it like this, and the ropes it just it just make the Loose rock fall down, and yeah. it just hit us. That's that's the well, that's the end of the problem. You're talking here. about the uh, the uh, the area called uh, the chimney, right? Uh, chim chimney is not a problem. Chim chim chimney, there's no, no no any rock fall. Okay. Like uh, below the um, below the chimney, there are some some places, and it's more risky below the camon. Mm. Because the camon is like, it's pretty straight, and when the when rock from, falls from almost like two hundred meters above. And it, when it comes down, it comes like a bullet. It just go, wing, oh, and yeah. you, you just yeah, you just sometimes you just get to have the sound only. You don't see the rock. You just get the sound, wing. <laughs> yeah, that's terrifying sound. Terrifying sound. Mm -hmm. I know, I know the feeling. I know the feeling. Trust yeah. me, I know that. Absolutely. Um, did you do something different to train for this trip? Um, different uh, from any other uh, expeditions that you've done and also um ha did you do a a lot of research like uh team research like have you been to k2 before so you had a lot of uh previous inf uh, experience and knowledge of the area or did uh you have to kind of prep that for this expedition um before yeah, before, before this um, winter expedition i was on k2 for four times Okay. I I climbed I climbed to the summit in 2014 and 17. So this this was my third summit, third time summit. Okay, perfect. And I was I was on Keto last year in a winter. But last year I got a uh, coughing and I got uh, I started um chest started uh, started like uh, developing the chest in, chest infections. Oh. So uh, I almost gave up in the beginning of the ex beginning of the expeditions. So I I was in Beskin. For ten days after that, I just quit and came came down because I I thought like if I continue, then I won't come back. Yeah, it's not. Oh it. uh, yeah. But you guys, were you guys assisting another team on last year in K two or or yeah we or we, we, we were six uh, seven people and one from Iceland who just died on K two this this year and one from solo uh. Solopenia, uh, Solopakia, okay. uh, one from China, we three from we four from Nepal and one from Pakistan. Yeah, we were eight people. Mm, nice. 
Yeah. So is there something that you bring on every trip with you? Like, is there some kind of sentimental thing that you bring or? I mean, the sentiments. Yeah. Like, like a good luck or like something that you bring I, I, with you? No. I, for example, bring a picture with my family. Just, you know, just to remind, to remember them and stuff like that. Actually, like when when everyone everyone when they they get to the summit, they just take out their country flag. The most important is the country flag. They just like almost like ninety percent of the climbers they, they take the climb country flag and first take the pictures with the country flag. I think that that's 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 the one. Mm -hmm. And beside then, uh, some climbers they bring their bring the photographs of their family, friends, and after that their sponsors. Nice. Yeah. <clears throat> I I saw I had the opportunity to um to I, I follow obviously on I follow you on, on social media and Facebook and and you were you were talking about uh, like I like I mentioned to you I, I'm also a mountaineer and for me sometimes and uh, take this going away from my family it's 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 it's, it's very challenging. How 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 does your family handle when you leave for such a, you know, not, not when you leave to climb, but when you left to go to K2, being, being such a dangerous mountain, how, how, how did your family handle that? And when, when I, I did this, uh, with this like soul climb, I was stuck on the summit of that mountain for two days. I, I, I got lost in like whiteout. And when there's whiteout, we shouldn't be moving anywhere. We should be we should be staying in the same place till till the weather improves. <clears throat> so I, I was doing the same. And the mountain I, I climbed, I I soloed, it was just in front of in front of my house, in in my valley. So the best camp of the of that mountain, it just takes two hours from my home. And my mother was at the at in my room in, in our home, and I was on the top of the mountain. I was stuck there. And it was not sure that I'm going to come back. And my mother's keep on crying for two days. After that, after that, she didn't want me to go any, any, anywhere for climbing. But uh, my, my mother now, she lives in the valley where there is no internet. And my mother, she doesn't use any cell phones. And I'm, I'm, I'm living in Kathmandu. So I just make my plan, go go for climbing, come back, and sometimes my mother even don't know where where I where I go where I go, and so this is something something like this. But she keeps on telling not not to go any 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 climbing. But this year uh, this year on Keto, it was more difficult to convince the families of my Sherpas than myself. I was I was okay. I could go anywhere. I I just make the decisions and just I just leave. I I don't tell any anybody in my home. I just my only my sister knows about my plan. Mm -hmm. And this year on Keto, when when we were like uh, we made the plan to go Keto, and I put two Sherpas in in the team. Actually, I put I, I put three Sherpas. Then later on, of the Sherpa, he left left the team. He he, he says his family didn't allow him to go. They, they were afraid that he might lose the fingers, he might lose the toes, or he might not come back. Since their family didn't agree, so he, he, left, the, he left the team. He left us. He said he, he, he didn't, didn't want to go. And after that, 
is decent made some some thing big problem for me it we put me in the, into the problem and the remaining two sherpa their family were also like started started arguing with me they said like we we don't want to send our husband we don't want to send this two sherpa to uh, to get with you and I, i start convincing them but it was it was very difficult for me to convince it it almost took a week i was meeting them every day i used to go and meet them and try to convince them and they used to tell, tell me like if, if my if my husband get uh, frostbite if my husband husband doesn't return back then what will what we will do if if something happens happens to them and they they convince me on the conditions that if something happens to their husband the wife of those those two sherpas would come and stay at my home oh. the rest of the life <laughs> <laughs> so this this yeah this these are the some problems and once we are on the mountain then again is is done yeah and and how did you convince them how, how did you how did you get them up there with you yeah i do like i was on keto like four, four times before i climbed twice i ridden back all the time i ridden back safely and i guarantee that both of the sherpas they would go with me climb and we come back safely and if if the weather is not good if the condition is not good then we will not push forward we will we'll not push hard yeah so we'll keep we'll go and we'll do uh, safe climbing and we'll come back safely when i just i just convinced like this every day and one of one of the sherpas said like you know ketu is danger but you you have never been to the ketu so once you go ketu you know how danger it is one of my friends says something like this to his wife and after that she was convinced so what uh, what motivates you to keep climbing ingaji uh, actually i took it as my profession i started uh, i started in 2006 climbing but uh, i started is as my own my like as my as the professions i developed it as professions from 2008 i because from like after after 2006 i got attached with this mountaineering and from 2008 i started it as a, as my professions and since then i'm i'm climbing i'm guiding and i organize the trips so it's it's, it's like more it's more like a job now um and you know on the when when you are on the mountain it's very peaceful mm-hmm. and you you could see, you can see the nature how how beautiful it is and when you are on the mountain you just feel yourself like you're nothing on the, in the nature you're just just a small a small thing yeah. and you, <laughs> you, you it, it, it yeah it it gives you realize that you're nothing yeah. and and it's, it's like uh we we could travel in so, so many so many different places and we keep ourselves like very fresh all the time so i think the, these are these are things which which attract me towards mountain every time when i'm on mountain i feel like oh relax yeah. all all the stresses of life go away yeah you yeah. have these you are... have a, you have a quote so uh, life is beautiful uh, face your fear and follow your dreams 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can I talk about it? Yeah. So did you face your fears? Like, do you have fears after you're climbing the hardest mountains in the world and climbing K2 in the winter? Do you, do you have any other fears or have you, have you faced all your fear now? So I, I, I faced the fears. Mm, I, like, I got in the avalanche. Like on Annapurna, I got in the avalanche. I was wash, I was uh, wash away. I was like rolled like this in 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 the in the snow, You're and it took me it. almost like yeah, it took me almost thirty meters down, and I was I was deep inside 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 the snow, and I just I just like um, removed it myself and it came came out. Yeah. There I almost died, but I didn't give up climbing. Like when I I, I made a solo. I spent 43 hours outside on the summit of like 6,686 mountain, meter mountains. I spent there without water, without tent, without food. I spent like 43 hours. I almost died, but I didn't give up till now. On Kanjanjanga, the third highest mountain, mistakenly, I just, I, just, I just made a wrong move and I, I just fell down. I was like falling, 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 like rolling, 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 falling down. And one of my friends, he, he was below, so he just grabbed me and he just break me, break me there. And I, I almost died there too, but still I didn't give up. So still I'm climbing. So I think I, I died several times on the mountain, but Still, I'm, I'm climbing. I keep, I keep up climbing. So I think I, I won, I won my fears. Yeah. Now, absolutely. I, now I, when I go to mountain, I, I don't think too much. I just go enjoy my, enjoy my days. I do a hard job there. We get success. When we get success, we, we forget everything. When we begin, we have that, that the fear, that what gonna happen with, the, with the family. If we don't return, what's gonna, what's gonna happen with the family? So those things it keeps on, it keeps um, playing in the mind. But once you are on the mountain, you forget all these things because you see the nature and the beauty. When the beauty attracts you, then you forget everything. Absolutely. Um, I got a question about soloing. Um, you mentioned it a couple times here, and it's obviously not a normal thing for. Um, people from Nepal to solo. What motivates you to solo? Um, I've soloed a number of stuff, a lot of ice myself, a little bit of a rock stuff and a little bit of mountaineering solo, but what motivates you to solo? In, um, in 2015, I was in, I was traveling in Europe. Uh, we, we got some programs there. And I met some, some of the climbers, like pioneer climbers. And we, we had a discussions and they are one of the one of the one of the foreign friends he's just told like uh, Nepal still doesn't have anyone who did solo right some something he, he spoke something like that and I thought like right there's nobody and people are still regard like Nepal Sherpa the best Sherpa best best climbers strongest people then okay I, when I return back to Nepal I just decided okay I'm gonna make a solo yeah solo climb. Because yeah. in 2015, I was okay. My, I was physically okay. I, I got, I, I already got so many trainings. I was like, I, I was about to get my USM guide uh, certifications. 
So I was, I was, I was like fully trained and I, yeah. I, I, had, I had got all the knowledge. So I started searching the mountain. And there, there, there is one mountain in, in my hometown. It's called Tobuje. Very, very beautiful, very steepy, steepy, but very beautiful. And I, I, I tried to make a research and I found like uh, there were uh, 10 teams who, who tried that mountain from the west side and nobody, nobody could make it to the summit. And I, said, I just said, okay, I, I'm going to try. If, if I make the summit, I make, I, I make it to the summit. It's going to be like possession uh, from the west face. And it's, it's going to be like historical as well. Yeah. Then I started and I went. I climbed it successfully from the west face to the summit. But when I reached the summit, I got lost in the whiteout. I was just right. taking some pictures with, with my GoPro cameras. And it starts it starts coming like uh, clouds. It's, it just came like boom, and it was yeah. covered. All the mountain was covered, and I I couldn't see anything. Just be, just myself, I could see myself, and beside that, I couldn't see even like five meters. Yeah. Then, then it was it started getting wind as well, and that covered all my footsteps, which were <clears throat> the the place where I begin, and. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't find my footsteps, so I was not sure where to move, where to go. So I stayed there just for like forty-three hours. I stayed there right. for, I spent two nights there. Yeah. And after that, it just, it just the weather started getting clear, but after two days, I didn't have any any energy in the body because I I didn't eat for like forty-three hours. That's so a long time without sleep. Yeah, that that's, that's yeah that's, that was long time then. Yeah. Uh, then I made I made a rescue call and the helicopter came and I just came. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, you know, you know what motivates me to climb Zolo? The lack of good partners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I got, no, man, it's, it's really it's real. Uh, when when they when they tell you, okay, let's meet up in the mountains, let's go climbing, and then you go climbing, and then they they never show up. Or stuff like that. So that, well, to be honest, to me, what motivates me to go solo climbing is that there's not good climbers to come with me. You know. So yeah. Yeah. yeah you know what? This this story about that mountain is really really awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, so, can you describe the conditions that are different from winter ascents to summer ascents? Is is there much different except for obviously maybe temperature? Yeah, in summer, like we, when we used to, like from the beginning, it's like a little easier. Like when we start trekking, where we just walk on like a normal trek. And when we, we reach the, on the Baldur, Baldur glaciers and we, we start trekking more on the moraine. There's like, there are rocks, but we could see where to step. But in winter, all those, all those were covered with snow. There's like deep snow, and there are lots of rocks, like moraine. On the moraine, there are lots of rocks. Yeah. And if we make make a mistake, then we just we just slip and put our put our legs inside the inside rocks. So it, it can easily break. It can easily harm our our legs. So that's right. that's this in winter is difficult from the beginning. Right. Then once we are in base camp, we start feeling the cold like the temperatures it's in the best game it's like always like minus 20 minus 20 is we are in the minimum 
is minus 20 every time. Then right. sometimes it goes like up to minus 30 in the in the base game. Right. And like after like uh, spending like almost like 10 to 10 to 14 days, we start feeling like minus 30 is normal for us. Then we feel like we are now we are we feel like now we, we got the habits. Then we feel we start feeling minus minus 30 is normal for us. Then we start we start climbing up and it will it feel like minus 40, minus 45. We get we get the habits to uh, exist in, in in those those, those uh, environment. In, yeah, the problem in the winter is the temperature. It goes like minus 20, minus... When we, when we met Kyoto Summit, it was like minus 50, which was, which was very cold. And very cold. in the winter time, the mountain is more like... Uh, it's more ice. We could right. barely see... We had to find, find the snow. It's like gotcha. all ice. And when, the, when there's no ice, it's all rock. Rocky rocky sections. And all the all rocks are very loose. And... It's very easy to fall the rocks, but in summer, the mountain is more covered by snow, and all the rock, it, it the rock are held by the snow, so so the chances, chances of falling rocks is very less. And on on the summit day, on the summit day in summer, like it's ice inside, and there is uh, one layer of snow, which is which is uh, soft. And there's another layer of snow, which is which is little little hard, and there's again another layer of snow, which is very soft. So it's like different layers. Yeah. And when we start, when we we climb, if we go straight up, there is there's very less less chance to get avalanche. But if we started making like zigzag zigzag, or we we make a crabos, mm -hmm. and there's very very high chance that it comes avalanche in summer. And lots of lots of people. Uh, fail to reach the reach the summit in summer because of because of this this problem, right. but in winter on K2 like from Camp Four to summit, you just climb on the ice. There's no snow at all, and there's zero chances of avalanche. There's no avalanche at all, and yeah. the summit day I think summit day. Only the problem is temperature. It goes minus. It goes like minus 45, 30, 45, 50, something like this. But there's no chance of avalanche, and you feel like winter is more safer than summer. In if you if you compare it, like in summer, like if you yeah. compare winter and summer in above the campo. That's mostly because the avalanches in in the summer. There, yeah, in in summer is there's. Very high chance of avalanche, but in winter you just you are just climbing on the ice, and uh, and climbing ice you just it's like when you when you go for for like ice climbing or rock climbing, mm -hmm. you you learn everything there, right? Yeah. So it's it's same like on K2. It's it's just when the temperature and it's, it's just the altitude. We 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 were climbing at eight thousand meters, so we didn't have that much energy, and we didn't have we could not breathe that easily. Like in the in the city areas, that's that's that are the problem. But climb climbing was wise is the same. Gotcha. What about the wind? Excellent. Was, yeah. it, was it windier in the in the winter, or was it? There's some big gusts that can come up from K2, right? Pardon? Was it was it windier in the in the winter time? Windier? Like was it windy? 
Yeah, in the winter time. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. sorry. Yeah. I, I, I'm <laughs> All good. And this, yeah, this this time when we were going to the summit, uh, we were we were pretty pretty lucky, and we had a very good weather forecast. Yeah. And we had very less wind on the summit day. Okay. Nice. Nice. But yeah, but in the winter, since the temperature is like minus forty or minus fifty. And if there comes little wind, even little winds, you start getting freezing. So you can you cannot continue continue further. For sure. The problem in the winter is just the temperature and the wind. Wind is another biggest problem in the wind in the winter. Yeah. It's very easy to lose your fingers. It's, it's very easy to get get yourself frozen. Yeah. 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 I, I wanted to ask you. I wanted to ask you a question. Um, for example, for us here, uh, we are we are in a very um, different situation when it comes to uh, to to getting the money for a, for an expedition. I'm not saying it's it's um, it's easy. In fact, um, it is really hard, very really difficult to get the money to fund an expedition, uh, mountaineering expedition, or climbing expedition. Um, uh, it, it deals with many things. One of the things is the lack of knowledge or the lack of recognizing uh, mountaineering and climbing as a, as an export, uh, a sport that could give uh, you know trophies just like hockey or football or or soccer or any or baseball, right? Um, I was also reading on one of the uh, reports that you put somewhere that um, just for example, in my case, I am, I'm trying to climb Mount Everest, trying to get the money to climb Mount Everest is, is really tough, it's really hard, difficult. And I heard, and I heard that you guys, uh, due to COVID-19 and all these restrictions, you guys couldn't find or didn't have a sponsorship. You guys couldn't find someone who helped help you with, you know, with the cash, with the money. Uh, how 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 did you do with that? How, how what, what what did you guys do? So, um, <clears throat> I started planning uh, winter Keto very late, like almost in October. So there was no no enough time to go and find the sponsors, and I've 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 never tried to find any sponsors. Like in my previous project, like when I went for. New essence, or when I did the solo climb, I didn't go for any sponsors, and actually I didn't. I didn't want want to go and find find the sponsors. And this year, this year on Keto, it was it was it was a big project, and we we were in need of like big budget. And when I started discussing my plan with with my friends, and there there were lots lots of friends who were very interested in my program but they they, they didn't want to spend the money because uh, we we lost our job since 2019 november starting from november so our, our climbing seasons our trekking seasons it in it ends in november and like december january february is like winter winter time in nepal and there is almost no trees traveling so it's like from 2019 November we were jobless in 2020 it's like completely nothing com completely the tourism sector was down and we are still not sure about 2021 
so so the climbing friends uh, the climber friends they didn't want to spend the money on keto and i also didn't have time to go and find the sponsors and it's it's very difficult to find a sponsor in nepal because we don't have big industries we don't have like big companies there there are companies but they they don't they don't want to spend the money on on the modernizing sections because modernizing is it doesn't come in media that frequently because the companies like the big industries when they try to sponsors they try to get some, something in return right so since we don't come in medias modernizing in nepal the media, media people they don't, don't go about these things yeah so sure. we, we we are we are not in not not in public like not in public like uh, what is we are not in the mass yeah i know yeah so yeah so there's less chance to get sponsors in nepal so i started i when i didn't find find the friends to invest the money so i said okay i'm, I'm going to spend all the money by myself and as and i started make, making thing as i i i told my this year my friends i said like okay i'm going to i'm going to sponsor for everyone and in return also i'm i'm also going to going to pay for you for your hard hard work so let's go and we go and we go max we 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 go and plan the plan the climbing uh and they, they agreed and after that i like it was it was very huge money so i started i made a gofund page yeah where i, I collected like almost like 9000 something and i told like what if money comes from gofund i'm going to pay, pay you guys that, that 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 was the plan but uh, nice. finding sponsors in nepal this is really tough fair enough yeah. only in nepal to be honest like i was telling you even in canada it's is difficult because what you said is true it's uh it's a sport that doesn't move that massive uh, amount of people and stuff like that and then uh, where where you see when you see a, a country uh, that it's basically uh, you know hockey and other sports and then they are the guys producing the money and you know the big producers and the big brands So it is tough. It is tough to find um, support. That's what it is. It's right. tough to find support, uh, not because they they don't want to, but sometimes also because uh, you know we are we practice a sport that it's uh, it's risky, and I and and it and it's and it, I have to agree it's risky, but yeah, it's it's also very rewarding, very rewarding when when it yeah. comes at the end. For example. You guys went all the way to history. There's no one that can break that, right? You guys, yeah, this first, also, yeah. The first right, people also, that mm. summit Mount K2 in winter period. There will never be anyone like that. So you guys wrote history uh, for the for the remaining of, of 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 humanity, and that's where the reward is huge, basically. Yeah. Also, the also the problem is that uh, our government, our government. We are in a very beautiful country, but our politicians—they are not good at all. So they—they they, they don't understand what this kid was. When we tried to convince them, they didn't understand. But when we met, we met the history and we descended back to base base camp, 
and the news went just like boom, like every big channels they they covered the news, and then only our government understood that this was this was a big project. Actually, like we we have a eight eight thousand in Nepal, and if the government was like if the government had realized those things, then the government had already sponsored all our all our expenses. Like sure. the got the government of Nepal should have like make the project to climb the mountains, like yeah. our own mountains. Yeah. When we had eight mountains in our hometown, and our government didn't realize these things, and it, and our Western friends they came and they they climbed and they went back, and now 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 after we we climbed Kyoto, our government realized these things. So it's, it's 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 a big change in Nepal now because of because of our Kyoto exhibitions. Exactly, I yeah. I do yeah. I do really. Uh, that's one of the things that made me more happy when I saw you guys making the summit. It was that you have now the opportunity to show everyone additionally to everything that you guys have already done in the past because there is no one no one climbing the Himalayas without the help of the Sherpas, of you guys. There's yeah. no, there's no success in, in climbing in the Himalayas, in my opinion. And I think in a lot of people's opinion, there's no success without the help of you guys. And it, mm. I, am, but I, am, I am glad that you guys did it with, with K2. And I was very happy to see, to see that because now the government of, your, of Nepal might be might be more interested on what you guys are doing and stuff like that. I think I, I think I'm gonna have to climb and finish Mount Everest so that I can that we can do that too here. Anyhow, <laughs> you guys go ahead. What's the excellent, next excellent. Um, all right, so I'm gonna show a um, a photo here that you sent over to us, and we'll just kind of chat about that photo. All right, so can you see that photo there? Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, so I don't know who took this photo and either way, it's an awesome photo. Um, one of the most remarkable kind of hanging Chirac glaciers out there <laughs> that everyone's familiar with. Um, um, now, obviously going up this, um, you have the debris down at the bottom in the foreground. Um, what are the sort of things going through your mind when you're, when you're going up here and you see this, uh, you know, relatively fresh debris? So I, I took, I took this photo on 16 January in the morning, almost like six, six o'clock. Okay. And when we left summit, uh, our friends left literally and then uh, me and some of the shepherd, we left almost like half an hour later. So okay. they, uh, so our teams, some of the members, they are, they are front and we were a little back. Yeah. So uh, early morning, like almost like six six o'clock, they almost touched the touched the wall. So okay. this this is bit, bit this is bit near from Campo. Yep. So cool. at five o'clock we were still in Campo. Okay. And the sun came, the sun rays came, and we warm our body. We, we we took a rest there for a while. We warm our body. Yeah. And I took this. I took this picture just before starting. Before starting. Yeah. And there you can see there like fresh snow, uh, fresh ice. Yeah. Uh, like pieces, like pieces of ice. I think that was that was. Uh, I think there was a huge avalanche. Yeah. Just few days, few days before, uh, yeah. with this campo. 
it, it was it was not avalanche, but it was like the part of this uh, ice broke down. Yeah, the Serac fall. And there. yeah, yeah, the Serac Serac broke down. It, it came like this. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's on the summit day, and you can see that see the hanging Serac there. Yeah, absolutely. And ima- ima- yeah, imagine going going down from that Serac. <laughs> and yeah. all all the Serac are yeah, they, they are like lots of cracks. Yeah. Yeah, like I'm, like I'm looking yeah. at it and I'm like, wow, like that's some. Fr- it looks relatively fresh, this debris here, and I'm like, okay, well, that would really suck for, you know, like it's obviously something to look uh, look out for. You're looking at the signs of the mountain, being like, okay, so you know, it's it, there's been some fresh debris that's fallen off this rack. We got to pay attention. You know, obviously you're going to be going up into the bottleneck and then the traverse there, and you're going to be underneath this for a a decent time now how long do you think roughly did it take you to go from you know the bergs run there up through the bottleneck and across the that traverse like how long were you actually exposed to that hazard i think it, it took almost like three hours to okay. get to that um, that bottom and i can climb up and traverse a little bit so it yep. almost took like three, three hours Two to three hours. Wow, that's still yeah. a pretty long time to be in ex- in an exposed place like that. Yeah, yeah. like in, in in summer, it just take like almost like one hour and a half yeah. to cross those those parts. But this since this is winter, yeah. so in winter, I think because of this cold wind and the low temperature, we feel we get very cold wind inside, and it, mm-hmm. it makes our body very weak. Right. Like gotcha. in, in summer, if we make three steps in a minute, then here we we can we could only make one step. Um, okay, so I'm gonna transition into another photo here. All right, so now we have this one. Um, can you tell us about this one? Where where exactly is this? Is this at the top of the traverse? So this this after like after bottleneck, we we need to traverse almost like ten meters. Yeah. Then then it start then it start. Uh, going up straight. So this 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 is the beginning of, beginning beginning after the travels. After okay. travels after from here we need to climb straight up. Yeah. So it uh, is almost like at eight thousand two hundred meters, something like that altitude. Okay. All okay. oh, right. Um, and it, now obviously I can't tell who this is. Do you mind? Is this you or is this someone? Are you taking this uh, photo? He's Kilipemba, one of my team members. Okay. Excellent. Excellent, and the background just looks absolutely phenomenal down there. By the way, yeah, background you can see you can see Campo and Camtree in the background. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Yeah, you can actually see it there. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, and then let's go with this one here. Transitioning over, there we go. Um, so this must have been a pretty remarkable time when you're getting this photo. Yeah, this is on the top of Keto. Yeah. On the on the right, there's Kilipemba, and on the left, that's myself. Excellent. And it was almost like five, five, fifteen something like that time. Okay. Yeah. So let's see here. Um, now, when it comes to like a quick question for myself is. Um, the fixed lines to get up through the traverse and through the bottleneck and stuff like that. Who is setting the, these fixed lines? Like, are these set from, and are you using the same fixed lines from the summer ascents? Or are you, or did you have a team 
with you, uh, you know, setting these, the fixed lines for this ascent? Uh, this time we, we were fixing all by ourselves. And okay. on, on 15 January, when I took lead, when I lead, lead the team from Camp 3 to Camp 4, Actually, from Camp Three to Campo, it, it just takes like two and a half to two, two hours to two and a half hours to okay. reach from Camp Three to Camp Four. Yeah. But this year we got kibbutzes, lots of kibbutzes on the way to Campo, and it almost took like eight hours to reach Campo. We we didn't Im- imagine like that, yeah. and on that because on that day I was leading most of the most of the way. Mm-hmm. I was I was fixing myself in yeah. the in the ahead. So on that day, I got too tired. Yeah. I almost remained no energy to go summit the next day. So the next day I said, like, I'm going to stay behind, but I'm, I'm going to help the team to carry the hope. And if necessary, if like, like difficult, difficult places, because I, I'm certified uh, UIGM guide. So I, I got all, all the knowledge. I got the trainings. So I got the technique. So I said, like, guys, you, you need to lead the team. If there are like if there comes the sections where is with the technical sections, if you cannot if you cannot fix there, there that those parts, I'm gonna fix it. I'll 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 help everyone to fix those those places. But on the summit day, I'll be I'll be staying more on the back. I'll right. I'll I'll help the I'll help carrying the ropes. So the team agrees and on the summit day, uh, our team member Mingma Tenjing. Uh, he, he was from Nims team. He from uh, camp four to the summit. Every time he was he, he was leading the team. He okay. fixed every, every like every single meter ropes. On the summit, the way from camp three to camp four was not not enough for him as well. Right. He was he was he was like a, he was strong enough. He was he was leading the team all the day. That's amazing. So yeah, we didn't have to fix anything on the summit day. Yeah, mm. that is amazing. Amazing. Um, it, it's about it's about uh, training. It's about before before you went to K two. Was that uh, what is it that you guys do? What is it that you did personally for training for K two to get you ready for for K two? Actually, mo- most of the, our sherpas they live in in the village. Where they they have more physical work, like uh, they go they go in the field, they dig the dig the land, they go to the jungle, they cut the ro- they cut the trees for firewood, so they get trained trained there themselves. So they, they don't need any physical trainings, most like most of the sherpas. In my case, I've been living in Kathmandu, and and in 2020 we went through lockdown, six month lockdown, and during the lockdown. I used to run every every morning on the hillside. I used to take a cycle. I used to ride 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 the cycle there. I I did uh, like wall climbing. I did running. I had a very very good physical training this time in during the lockdown. And I was before I, I was like uh, I got I gained lots of weight in 2019, and I was little afraid that uh, it might affect my climbing. But in from, from from the beginning of 2020, I started training, and I I lost lot of weight. And this year when I was on keto, I was physically very fit. 
but most of the most of the sherpas they just they just go back to their home hometown in the, in the village in the village where there's no like no bagels and every, every time they are, they carry uh, they carry all the things by themselves like if they have to take yeah. some one thing one something from one place to another place there's nothing either either they they use yak to carry or they carry themselves so so they yeah. they don't need any physical trainings the one yeah, only no, I, yeah yeah only the training no part just live just live <laughs> yeah it was it was yeah it was it was a question that was here in the paper and and I knew it because because from my experience but I, we wanted to put out that for the people that don't know in every mountaineering they they, they possibly imagine that Sherpas get up at 5 a.m. in the morning and they go running. And I no, and no, I was no, talking no. to I was talking to the team and I was saying no, they don't do that. They basically just leave. That's what they do every day. They live in high altitudes, so they don't need to train so much. They just need to leave. Just do the things that they do daily. Yeah, that, that's yeah. that's true. That's amazing. Mm. Yeah, I think the final question for me was. Um, Now that K2, like everyone's been trying to summit K2 in the winter for so long, what's next on, on your list of things that you want to accomplish? Is there any other records or anything that you want to put your name on, on for the record and for history again? Or what, uh, what are you looking at? You want to come, you want to come no. here in Canada and do some ice climbing with us? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think all, all the, all the like, um, big challenge and 8,000 meters is all done. Yeah. So there's there's no no more new new challenges on 8,000 meters. Mm -hmm. And there, but yes, in Nepal, like we still, uh, we still we still like uh, making the environment where we could we, we can train the new 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 like new climbers. We make them. We make them like more prof professionals, mm -hmm. and we have organization called like Nepal National Mountain Guide Associations, which give trainings to all the training to new climbers, like uh, from beginning to the to the certification from certification from the UIGM, I have IFMJ. Yeah, and I have, I got the training, and you know the the very prestigious award. The Golden Isaacs. So we Nepalis don't have that that uh, that reward till now, because we we went for climbing, and most of the our climbing was like on a fixed rope. And now now my my personal plan is that we we should the we Nepalis climbers we should develop more like alpine climbing. And one day we need to get this Golden Isaac Award. This one, this one of my biggest project in my like one of my dream. One day I'm I'm gonna make a very very difficult uh, climb like hard on the hard routes in Albany style. Hmm. And if the, if that get uh, Golden Isaac, then I think that that will be the biggest achievement again. So so when Naples. Climbers get this award. I would feel like okay now Nepalese climbers standard is some something here. Nice. And that proves something like that. Yeah. It's striving for we, the we, yeah, striving for yeah. the next thing. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Till now we yeah we are fixing the rope. We are climbing up and down, but we we don't have that we don't have that label. Right. 
we have, we have we have that level, but still we we didn't we didn't prove ourselves. Yeah. So this this is this is another step. And when yeah, when I get if if like when some uh, the first the first one like for the first from Nepal, if if there is anyone who we can get this uh, award. Then the coming generation of Nepalese climber, they'll be more professionals, more professionals, yeah. and they will try to edge bigger and bigger. Which is, which is kind of which, which is a big big progress for Nepal. Which is gonna be big progress for Nepal. So let's see. Yeah. So you're taking you're taking you guys are taking like youth young generations and uh, teaching them uh, young generations from Nepal and teaching these kids how to climb, how to become mountaineers and professional mountaineers right yeah the yeah the professionals is very important climbers anyone can be climbers but being professionals and just being climbers they're different that's true so is it, yeah. is it like in yeah. school then is it a school where they go through everything or is it more of a one-on-one -on -one, like more of a hands-on type of experience or how, do, how does that work if you, or, Pardon? Is, is it going to be like a school type program is it going to be you're going to have the youth go through like a, a school or is it more Trying to get them into the uh, climbing. Uh, we we there's there's organizations there's there's uh, organization which provide trainings. Okay. So we organize different training at different time. Yeah. Like we we have uh, beginning rock, like uh, introductory rock climbing, which is for beginners. Okay. Then we have like rock climbing level one, two. This ice team we have introductory ice climbing, then ice level one, two. And when they come to this this climb this courses like after that like faucet training navigations, when they get the basic knowledge, they are eligible to fight for the aspirant guide, which is the which is the first step up for going the going the international guide. Yeah, so yeah. once they once they complete the aspirant guide, mm -hmm. they are eligible to fight for the USM certifications. Okay, right. Which after which we you can go internationally yeah once you get your mount yeah. mount uh full mountain guide certification you're at the ifmga and then you get a travel and you can guide anywhere yeah. in the world um right yeah how long did it take you to get your so i'm i'm correct me if i'm wrong but you are an ifmga guide right yeah, yeah. how long did it take you to get that like, did you uh, obviously, started, did you start uh, your started, process in 2006, 2007? And then did you, did it take, you know, five, six years or did it, or did you no. get through the process pretty quick? I, I took, I took my first training in 2011, okay. which was, uh, which was basic, basic motor training. Yeah. And then after that, uh, in, in the beginning of 2013, I, I, I passed the injury exam for the aspirant guide, which okay. is the first, first, first step. part of first step and um, i completed the, uh and in, in 2013 i passed the aspirant guides which are the first step then we were left in like from 2013 to 2016 between this like uh, we were given some tasks like we need to set some new routes and uh, we need to have we need to have guides we need to have guided uh, some picks an alpine style. Those those resume we need we need to have uh, all the, all signed by our senior senior guides. Yes. So we need to we need to fulfill some profiles. After that after that we could we would be eligible to uh, fight for the international guide. 
aspirin guide is for the aspirin guide means like we we are, we are, we have the national guides and um, after after national guide we our steps next step is the USM. so in 2013 i finished and 2016 i fight for the uh, USM certifications and i could hardly pass the exams because it it was very tough the climbing grades on the ice, rock, uh, the geographical studies, navigations, deep, like everything, every, every single subject, it is so hard to pass. But uh, luckily I passed and I, I got the certifications in 2016 March. That's amazing, good job for you. Yeah. That's a, amazing, uh, it's a great accomplishment. Right. It's, mm. just, it's just like, it's just like, it seems like it's never ending of the accomplishments that you guys have to go through uh, to get to where you guys are right now. Amazing. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. that, that, that's another one of your accomplishments, too, to be honest. I, I, I never yes. even thought about, I never even thought about becoming a guide, even though I've been climbing for almost all my life. But the reason why, the reason why I never thought about that is, or I, it stopped me from doing it, is what you just said, all the process is really, really difficult. And I, yeah, it's as, much as, as much as you're, you're a climber, you, you, you want to reach top on summits and stuff like that, it's becoming a guy like you, that, uh, that certification is really tough, yeah. Yeah. You take that in, in, in Nepal in too, or where, where did you take the training? Uh, we, 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 I took the training in Nepal. Before, before we had to go France to get training, and also the French, the French guide, the French. We used to have a teacher from France, France. They used to come and teach us in in Nepal. Okay. And How many languages do you speak? Pardon? How many languages do you speak? I speak uh, six languages. Come. Uh, uh, six languages, in, including some of the local languages. Right. Like I speak English, Hindi, yes. Hindi and Urdu are same same. So English, Hindi, Nepalese, my mm. mother tongue, uh, Chinese, and a little bit Japanese. Wow, nice. Oh, interesting. Mm. Just wanted to mention. So you you have a website. So if any, anyone wants to check out uh, anything further or book a trip with you it's uh imagineclimb.com and then right you have instagram, uh which is mingmaji uh, on instagram and then you have facebook do you have anything else that uh, people can follow you on or i think that's enough yeah. <laughs> Twitter, <laughs> that's enough what's your, what's your cell phone number <laughs> yeah i, I, I got all my phone number under my website is that yeah, you don't want Excellent. He, he doesn't yeah. want the girls to start coming and testing him at the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Is there any uh, anyone you want to say thank you to uh, before you head out of here? Is there uh, any final last words you got? Uh, up like during this keto climb, we used to get lots lots of like good messages from lots of the foreign friends, not uh, like from all over the world. And when we met Keto Summit, we, my Instagram, uh, Facebook page, and WhatsApp, so many messages. <laughs> like 
it took almost a week to reply reply most of them. Yeah, I think we're very thankful to all the climbers and all the climber lover and all the well wishers. And we wish, or no, we hope everyone keep loving Nebulous Climber. I think thank you. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, well, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for, uh, you know, indulging us with uh, your story. Um, you know, it's super remarkable, uh, an amazing ach uh, achievement. And it's great to see that, uh, you know, you were able to have that successful uh, trip to the summit for the first time in the winter. Um, as K2 is known to be a very dangerous and very hard mountain to overcome in the best of conditions, and you and your team were able to overcome it in less than ideal conditions in winter, and um, well done. Thank you. Uh, for my part, for my part uh, thank you for, for taking this invitation. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you for the things that you guys do in the mountains for us. Mountains. Okay, thank you. Without mm -hmm. you guys, we basically would not be able to make it. Uh, thank you for uh, thank you for such a big surprise and uh, such a big accomplishment. Because as mountaineer, I feel very proud right now to say that you guys made it and that it's it's already done it's somebody did it and nobody better than you guys that haven't done it uh i hope you guys get here by the government of nepal and no, that, that, hope, that's most I important hope, yeah and i hope you guys you guys keep changing the story of nepalese uh we have uh we have been going to Nepal to, to enjoy Nepal uh, for, for, for history and, and you guys deserve uh, what is going on right now. You guys deserve, uh, you know, congratulations, namaste and uh, gracias in Spanish for uh, such an amazing uh, job that you guys do in there for us. And, and, I, and, I, hope, and I hope to see you if, if COVID allows us, I hope to see you in April. Uh, if I go to, uh, I hope to see you in base camp Everest. Sure, sure, sure. Welcome. Welcome to our camp. <laughs> We're going to have lunch there. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Mm. Thank you again so much. Thank you. Thank you for spending the time with us and going and hearing all your stories. Mm. Yeah, thank, thank you very, very much. much. We'll be in touch. Okay. okay. Thank you, everyone. And Thank you to all the climb, climbing lovers. See you soon. Absolutely. Okay. Cheers. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. Well, thank you very much for tuning into today's episode. I hope you really enjoyed it. Um, you know, having the opportunity to pair up with Everest 2021 Expedition to be one of the first North Americans to interview Migma G. Sherpa. Uh, his story is humbling and overwhelming in some aspects. You know, going to the summit of K2 in wintertime at minus 50 plus degrees is insane. And being able to get the footage from the summit as they're walking along that ridge with a 360 camera as they sing their national anthem before they reach the summit. 
absolutely remarkable story. Thank you very much, Migma G. Sherpa, for taking the time and giving us the opportunity to interview you. This gives me great confidence to say that no matter how big your goals are, no matter how high you have to strive, you can overcome your goals. You can overcome whatever achievements that you're trying to overcome. All right. So if you like this video, if you like this podcast, please make sure to like this, uh, show us the support, share this with your friends, this remarkable story. Let us know in the comments, spread the love in the comments, say hello to Migma G Sherpa yourself if you so choose. If you haven't already, please make sure to subscribe to my channel. Please make sure to go and follow the expedition of uh, Everest 2020 with Leo Neiman as he embarks on a research mission for heart and stroke. And follow us wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Until next time.